is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And, and this, this is, is The Art, Art of, of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. This is where I say my classic line again. Uncle Brad, I love this cocktail so much. It could be one of my favorites. This cocktail near and dear to my heart, the Negroni. Yeah, for sure. Isn't this the drink that you posted and it like you did like a smoked rosemary Negroni and didn't didn't that that was the one like like it took off, didn't it? Yeah, so this smoked rosemary Negroni sour last year really spearheaded my journey on social media where people were like, okay, I want to follow along. This looks fun. This looks interesting. Do I like it? Maybe. Do I hate it? Maybe. I can tell you I made it. It was delicious. (laughs) So, Well, and it was so random because it was Negroni week last year. And Negroni Week is a week, I believe Imbibe is one of the biggest supporters of that. They do a week where they uh, donate X amount of dollars to their foundation or a foundation. And so you can go to select locations and have a Negroni. So everyone online celebrates Negroni Week um, by making their favorite variation of the Negroni. And I love egg white cocktails. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I try to make a sour with the Negroni? And... Lo and behold, smoked rosemary Negroni still to this day is my favorite recipe I've ever made. Yeah, um, just for the sake of uh, knowing when Negroni week is, it's behind us. It was September 12th through the 18th of, uh, of, mm-hmm. of yeah, September. But that <laughs> so, doesn't mean you shouldn't have a Negroni. <laughs> oh, come on. Like Negroni is, that's a year-round cocktail. And there's so many variations too. When you think of the Negroni, there's the classic recipe. There's a Boulevardier. There's a Negroni Spagliato. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of, there's a Negroni Bianco, which we'll talk about today. So there's a lot of variations that the Negroni really spearheaded. And the flavors are just so, so delicious, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Negroni is really, it's a bit of a grown-up drink, right? Like it's because the bitterness in the Negroni is an acquired taste. And uh, the sweetness in it is enticing as well. So this drink is just beauty in a glass. I mean, I love the ruby color to it. And then you got a slice of orange in there or an orange peel. I've even dehydrated blood orange slices and Ooh. put those in my drink. But I'll tell you, I kind of like the the oils from the orange peel in there. So I'm, I'm a fan of the orange peel. But if you want to kind of look a little fancy... Go ahead and do the uh, the orange or the blood orange dried citrus wheel. This is, I love the Negroni. I, I always think of Anthony Bourdain with the Negroni. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. of the lines I'm looking here to, I, it says, it will hit you like a freight train after four or five. Yeah, and I that couldn't that. be more <laughs> true. And I love that. So only have a couple, but know that after a while, they just start flowing Easily. And Uncle Brad, I think it was actually you. Now I'm going to quote you. It'll take you three times to fall in love with a Negroni. The first time you won't like it. Second time you might not like it. But that third time is when you fall in love with a Negroni. (laughs) That's true. I did say that. Here's the deal. This is what you want with a Negroni. Super simple. It's 
gin and go get yourself a good gin. I use Sipsmith today. Uh, London Dry gin is great in here. People have played around with Plymouth gin. Uh, gin is all about preference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the gin doesn't come out like, so if you're like, oh gosh, I'm scared of gin. Hopefully by now you have learned that gin's not that scary, right? It's just a matter of the, no. the right gin for you. I will tell you that the gin doesn't jump out at you in the Negroni. What jumps out at you is the Campari and the sweet vermouth. The gin mm-hmm. is a nice compliment. So go get yourself a nice gin. Go get yourself a good sweet vermouth. I used Koki, which looks like it's spelled like Kochi. We want to say mm-hmm. Kochi. It's Koki. And by the way, Maraschino liqueur is the way you say Maraschino liqueur. It's Maraschino. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. No, Ooh. I know. Hey, it's good. Oh, boy. It's good. Hey, okay. listen. You and about 90% of America. So... Don't swear to Jules. This is, these are tips that wow. I've actually learned recently as well. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So now we're going to have two tips. First tip, didn't even realize we were going to have Maraschino. Yeah. Maraschino. We shouldn't even be talking about that right now because honestly, people are going to be like, well, wait, do I buy Maraschino? No, you don't. <laughs> you go buy, go no. buy gin. Sipsmith is what I used. Mm-hmm. Go buy your Koki or Kochi vermouth. There's a lot of people who will call for Punta Mess. It looks mm. like Punta. Mes, Punta Mes. Mm, I find Punta Mes to be a little bit more bitter than I care for, although it's a wonderful vermouth. It has its mm-hmm. place out there. For me and my Negroni, I don't care for it. It's a little too bitter. And then go get yourself Campari. You can't make a Negroni without Campari. So you need Campari, oh, you which is a little bitter orange liqueur. And if you've ever mm-hmm. been to Italy, they love themselves some Campari. You're going to need an orange for the peel, and you're going to need a mixing glass. You're going to need a rocks glass. You're going to need a Mm -hmm. bar spoon, and you're going to need a jigger and a hawthorn strainer, and boom, that's it. You know what I like to call that? What's that? A recipe for success. There you go. That is just what you need. And I highly recommend this. This cocktail should be, okay, I'm starting my home bar what what do I need to buy? I highly recommend this cocktail because once you fall in love with this cocktail, this is the perfect nighttime sipper, whether you had a long week or you're getting into the weekend. It is my go-to cocktail. Yeah, and it, listen, great before dinner, great with dinner. This is a wonderful, classic cocktail. And yes, you absolutely need to know how to make this because even if you're like, yeah, I don't like it, somebody you know will love this drink. So if you don't love it, hey man, teach their own. I'm sorry for you. Somebody you know loves this drink. So learn how to make them a good Negroni. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw everyone for a loop. We talked about at the beginning of this episode, my most famous cocktail recipe, which was the smoked rosemary Negroni sour. I wanted to do something, so I almost highlighted that recipe, but I thought it's everywhere online. Let's, let's, let's play. Let's have something new here for everyone, all right? We're going to make a smoked thyme Negroni Bianco Sour. All right. Smoky thyme. Essentially the same thing, but different. Same, same, but different. So what we're going to do for this is we're going to start with the base of a a Negroni Bianco, which is a white Negroni or Bianco Negroni, Mm -hmm. however you want to say it. Mm -hmm. So what you're going to need is gin. I actually use Sipsmith as well, Uncle Brad. I think that's great. Yep. Then you're going to need for your vermouth aspect of this, we used Lillette Blanc. I think that that's the best here. 
and then for your substitute for Campari, if you will, I used, I believe it's Suze. If that's how you say it. Sure. S-U-Z-E. Hey, don't get self-conscious because I threw out the <laughs> pronunciations. <laughs> now I'm nervous. <laughs> because you know what? If you're going to hear this, you're going to be like, Suze, 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 S-U-Z-E. There it is. <laughs> so Suzy? it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a French aperitif. So I highly recommend mm-hmm. getting that one. I like it. It has a very interesting flavor. I think it's a lot of fun. From there, you're going to do some lemons for fresh lemon juice. You're going to want thyme and sugar because we're making a thyme syrup. You're going to need an egg because we're going to be using an egg white. Then you're going to need your cocktail shaker, jigger, ice, and we're double straining this bad boy with a fine mesh strainer and a hawthorn strainer. And the smoked thyme, you're going to want either a lighter or a matchbook um, and a fire-safe board to, uh, you know, smoke this bad boy up. But that's that's what you're going to need for this smoked thyme Bianco Negroni Sour. There you go. And hey, Jules, you know what I learned? Somebody came up to me, and maybe I mentioned this before. I don't think I did. They said, hey, I feel like you guys go a little fast on the ingredients I need to buy. Although on this one, you know, it should mm. be pretty easy to get through. Uh, go ahead and check out the podcast description because we'll list the ingredients that you need to buy in every podcast description. So there, there you yeah. go. Yeah, and it's on the website too. So check that out. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's whip this thing up, huh? Whip it up. Enough chit chat, okay? We need to tell people how to make this delicious cocktail so they can go to the store, grab the goods, and make this at home this weekend. Because if you needed an excuse to make a Negroni this weekend, this is it. Here it is. Yes. All right. Do you want me to go first? I guess I'm going first. Do you want to go first? Yeah. 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 Let's learn the classic first. This cocktail is too good not to highlight first. So folks, easy, easy, lemon squeezy, even though there's no lemons in here. You're going to grab your, of course, you're going to take your rocks glass and guess what it's doing? It's getting cold, right? You've chilled it. It's in the freezer. Maybe you got some ice and water in the glass. You're chilling it down. Then you're going to take in a mixing glass. You are going to add ice to this mixing glass and you're going to add one ounce of gin, one ounce of sweet vermouth. Again, I use Koki and I use Sips with gin. And then one ounce of Campari. Mm-hmm. You are going to stir that concoction until it gets cold. 20 seconds, super easy. Grab your glass out of the freezer, put new ice in this glass. And the reason why you want to do that is that you don't want to continue to dilute because the the ice that's in the mixing glass, you know, I'm going to air quote, it's kind of warmed up. It's starting to melt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Surface area has gotten smaller, so it's going to dilute a lot faster. Pour it into your new glass. Fresh ice, you're going to take a little, uh, by the way, you're going to use your Hawthorne strainer when you pour that mixing glass uh, into the ice. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to take a little orange peel. You're going to slice that off the orange, give it a little squeeze over the drink, give it a little twist, plop it in the glass, sip and enjoy, and boom. That's it, folks. The world's easiest drink, and it is a great platform to experiment from, as Jules will aptly show you. Jules? No, this, and I I, honestly, I'm telling you, if you say, I don't like Negronis, I just can't get into it, try it again. Try it again, because I promise one day your flavor profile will switch, and all of a sudden you'll be like, oh my God, I love this cocktail. What have I been doing? And trust me, we've all been there. You know what ends up happening? is that as the drink 
changes in the glass because it will, ice will melt. Mm-hmm. you'll notice that it starts to get almost a little bit sweeter and the bitterness hits you later. There's that just really great balance between bitter and sweet. So yes, folks, in this case, if you don't like it the first time, just give me two more shots at the Negroni. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it the second time, one more shot. If you don't like it the third time, this drink ain't for you. Yep, exactly. And I will say too, if you ever are looking for a cocktail, you have guests coming over, you don't know what to make, you want a quick drink, I highly recommend putting this one on your list. If you're buying ingredients, it's so quick and easy. You can double batch it too. This is a great party cocktail when you're serving guests. This batches so well. You could put it in one of those little barrels, right? Barrel-aged Negroni. And uh, that's something special. Yeah, I still have to do that. We will, I'll report back on that. I'm, I'm still, uh, it's on my list of to-dos. Cool. I might actually go do that after this episode. All right, Jules, what, what are you doing? What's going on? Tell me how to make your smoked, soured wonder, wonderland here. Yes, uh, <laughs> smoky goodness. So we are taking that famous Negroni sour recipe that I made a year ago, and we are just going to switch it up. And so if you think that this cocktail isn't for you, you like the more traditional, I highly recommend checking out the Smoked Rosemary Negroni Sour. Uh, It's all online. It's everywhere. So if you're ready for something new, take it to the next level. Let's try to make a Bianco Negroni Sour, but instead of rosemary, let's take it with thyme. I think thyme is just a delicious addition here um, for a white Negroni. It's not as um, warm as rosemary. I feel like it's a little bit lighter. So I, I feel like this is just delicious. First things first, I feel like if you've been listening to us long enough, you now have a whole glassware collection in your freezer. Mm-hmm. So we're putting a coupe in our freezer if you haven't already had one in your freezer. Gonna let that baby get cold. What we're gonna do too is we're gonna make a thyme syrup. Now, a thyme syrup is very, very simple to make. What you're gonna wanna do is one cup water, one cup sugar on a medium heat in a, a saucepan. And you're gonna add in anywhere from, I would say, four to six, you know, thyme sprigs. So not just the little petal, but actually the full sprig. So about four to six there. You're going to stir. Sugar's going to dissolve. Once it does, I do like to let it simmer, not too long, but I like to simmer for about three to five minutes. And then I actually, I don't want it to be too fragrant. So I actually pull it right then and there, Um, but you can let it infuse longer if you'd like. Let that baby cool. You're going to want to strain it. And then you have thyme syrup. So now that we have our ingredients, what we're gonna wanna do is grab our cocktail shaker. From here, I added an ounce and a half of Sip Smith gin. I added one ounce of Lillette Blanc. I added three quarters of an ounce of, I think I'm saying it right, Suze. Three quarters of an ounce fresh squeezed lemon juice, and it has to be fresh. A half ounce of that thyme syrup, not too much, and one egg white. I will say, if you're making this cocktail and you want to build it all in your shaker, crack that egg white first so you don't mess up and have to start all over again. Once you have all your ingredients in there, what you're going to do is you are going to actually, before you shake, smoke your glass really quickly. Grab a dried piece of thyme. And this is optional. Don't feel like you have to smoke your glass. I just think it's really fun. Hey, smoke the glass. Smoke the glass. Smoke it. Come on. What are you doing? Come on. You're here to learn something new. 
I mean, right? It's just, it's yeah. a fun experience. So just grab a dried piece of thyme. If you leave it out overnight, you know, you don't want you don't want it to be a fresh, fresh piece of thyme if you can. I've done it with fresh, it works, but preferably a dried piece of thyme. And you're just gonna light the tip. You're gonna put your coop on top of it, let it smoke, set that off to the side. Now we're gonna dry shake our cocktail shaker about 20 seconds. We're gonna add ice, we're gonna shake again. We're gonna flip our coop over, double strain that just silky goodness into our coop glass. And all we're gonna do to garnish our cocktail is one simple little thyme sprig that's just gonna lay elegantly on your egg white foam. It's beautiful. I think it tastes very light and delicious. If you've ever had a white Negroni, it is the same structure as a Negroni, but different flavors. Uh, I think they're both equally delicious, but very different. And I think this cocktail rocks. All right. Personally. That's great. All right. Well, I do have my cocktail. Again, I feel like this is, I never have ice in my glass, so you can't hear it. But uh, I'm ready for a history lesson as I sip on my smoked thyme Bianco Negroni Sour. cocktail in hand. This is one of my favorite cocktails of all time. And sadly, surprisingly, Uncle Brad, I don't know the history of this cocktail. And Mm. I am so ready to change that. All right, Jules. Well, just so happens I got a little story here for you. Mm. All right. So the history of the Negroni. So we've got a man by the name of Count Camilo Negroni, and he was born in Florence. He was born in Florence in the 1800s. And this is a man who loved adventure. And he is said to have lived in London for a bit and then went on to America. And it was rumored that he traveled west while he was in America and became a cowboy. And then he was a banker. And at one point, even a proficient riverboat gambler. And while he's traveling to the United States, he develops a bit of a taste for strong liquor. And when he moves back to Florence, Italy, in around 1910, he walks into this bar, and it's sort of cafe. It's called Cafe Cassoni, and uh, which, by the way, Cafe Cassoni no longer exists in Florence. It's now a Giorgio Armani outlet. Aww. And he says to a friend, or perhaps the friend uh, maybe was a bartender or just a bartender, but this guy was named Forsco Scarelli. And he said, hey, Forsco. I like an American so much, uh, but uh, I like an Americano too as a drink. All right. I'm sorry. I'm not going to butcher the Italian language. <laughs> People are probably like, oh my God, stop. You're killing me. Stop so it. he says to Forsco, he likes the Americano. But Forsco, I like a, something a bit stronger too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So give me something a bit more oomph in my drink. Uh, is this annoying? <laughs> No, Sorry. I like it. Okay, good. It's funny because I'm the Italian one. So I know, I'm, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's how you would sound. Okay. Okay, a Forsco. Hmm. So Forsco oh, says, hey, Camillo, I got you. Don't you worry. Instead of the soda waters, we're going to use the gins. All right? Because you Americans, you like the gins. So anyways, uh, Forsco swaps out the seltzer water. He uses what gin. What a bold move. Bold move, Cotton. So you've yeah. now got gin, Campari, mm-hmm. 
sweet vermouth in a glass, equal parts, boom, we've got the Negroni. And they call it the wow. Negroni, okay? Campari, this is Campari's official story, by the way. They're like, hey, we like this story about uh, Camillo and Forsco. This is the story we're running with. Italians stronger than Americans. I, I, I see why they like it. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, there's this guy by the name of Noel. Noel? Noel. Noel Negroni. And Noel is an American. And he's actually, you know, this is a recent, recent story. Noel was, and he was, a former United States Air Force colonel. And I don't know if Noel's living or not right now. And so, Noel, if you're still alive or anybody in the Negroni family, hey, man, respect, all right? So, Noel is like, this story is complete BS. There was no Count Camillo. The reason why it's such a big story is it's a marketing ploy by the Italians and Campari, and it's really an attack on my family heritage. There's no proof the Count even existed. In fact, it was my ancestor who invented the Negroni. Now we're going to enter in. This guy was also a Count, but we're going to call him General Pascal Olivier de Negroni. And the General was born in 1829. And he joins the French military at the age of 18 and spends the next 44 years serving the French in the military. The man was uh, born in Corsica, which uh, is actually French, even though it is right off the coast of Italy. I've been there. You've been to Corsica? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I went with, I went with Cointreau. They, we went to that little island. It's a little <laughs> island. So cool. Oh, my God. Wow. I, I, I didn't know you're in Corsica. Oh well, Corsica is kind of a famous place, right? So, so this guy comes from Corsica, and uh, they say he is the inventor because he invented the Negroni when he was in Senegal, which was occupied by the French, around mm -hmm. 1857, and he invented this drink as a gift to his wife. Another story says, well, he invented it because he was trying to help her with digestion. Mm -hmm. Maybe everybody likes the, the story before that. So it was a gift to either way. Both were gifts, I guess. So the story becomes common knowledge among members of the Negroni family, Noel's family. And uh, this story is passed down from generation to generation. And, you know, it ends up in a newspaper article. But there's a few problems with the story here. Mm -hmm. Because in 1857, and by the way, this this is all, you know, as of 2014, in 1857, Campari wasn't invented. It wasn't invented until 1860, mm -hmm. all right? And then the article that was referenced, so Noel's like, you know, there's even an article out there that says, you know, my whoever ancestor here uh, invented the Negroni. Well, the article comes from a, a Corsican newspaper in the 1980s, and it's about a paragraph long, and it says, simply just states that the general is the namesake for the Negroni cocktail, but they don't offer any proof of the rumor. They just say, hey, this is the guy that invented the cocktail. So it's like, hmm. okay, so where's the proof? Right. To make matters worse for, for our friend, the colonel here in the United States Air Force, <laughs> is that <laughs> the article says the drink was invented actually in Paris, and it was invented at a military club on the eve oh. of the Great War. Now, the Great War is the Franco-Prussian War, and this is 1914, and it was, you know, French officers who hoisted the glass in the air and toasted 
the Negroni. So let's talk about some new evidence that has come out since, you know, and since this piece came out. Debacle. Thanks yeah. to Ancestry.com, the Chanticleer Society, and a few other folks, it was discovered that Camillo Negroni actually did exist. So the first count did exist. Hmm. And so he was born Camillo Luigi Manfredo Maria Negroni. That's a name that if you call them to dinner, you're on dessert by the time you get done with their, <laughs> their name. It's mm -hmm. like, whoa, it's a lot going on. So Camillo was born in 1863, and he was indeed a count, as records would show. And he did, in fact, travel to America in 1892, he was recorded aboard a steamship called the Fulda, which was bound for New York. And whilst he was in New York, he lived on Madison Avenue and he was registered as a fencing instructor. Still a count. Nothing really talks about him going west and being a cowboy, let alone a rodeo clown or even a gambler. But this guy did exist. Okay? Mm -hmm. Let's go back to the general. So since the new evidence comes out uh, about this family, you know, the colonel says, well, you know, we're talking about the colonel of the United States Air Force, Noel, the guy who's mm -hmm. most recently been alive, if not still alive. He says, well, you know, the family, you know, they were declared traitors back in the French Revolution because they were serving King Louis and, and uh, they were known as the Corsica Black Knights, Negroni, and um, executioners of the realm. So yeah, you know, they they had to change their names a few times when they were running from the revolutionaries and uh, hid until Napoleon, who, by the way, was Corsican, so Napoleon was from Corsica, mm -hmm. became Emperor of France. And so, yeah, there could have been some other names floating around out there, which is kind of plausible. It's plausible. So the retired Air Force colonel went on to say that the family has invested some time and money into the investigation of the origins of the story that goes back to, the, back to Senegal. Mm -hmm. And they sent a family member over there to do some some evidence gathering. I'm going to call it confirmation bias, maybe. Maybe not. It probably wasn't, actually. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm being a little hard on the story. So this family member goes back, finds a relative, finds a few relatives of people who knew of the, the French uh, being in Senegal at the time, or they knew of the general. Mm -hmm. So in one instance, they found uh, this guy who was related to a pharmacist, and he used to treat French officers who were assigned to Senegal and often attended the officers' mess halls in and around 1860. And the pharmacist mentions, you know, to his relatives, the Negroni. Constantly talked about how this, everybody talked about the Negroni cocktail. In fact, the pharmacist mm -hmm. knew the captain de Negroni at the time. Just a captain. Then there's this barmaid. So somebody finds somebody who's a relative of a barmaid. And she said the Negroni was a very popular drink. And uh, her grandfather owned a textile factory in Senegal and in and around the years of 1860. And the French army would get their uniforms uh, from this. And their family became really good friends, with a lot of French officers. And there is this tale of the Captain Negroni marrying a young woman, and he created a drink for her made of gin, Campari, and vermouth. Sweet vermouth. What a giving cocktail. <laughs> giving cocktail. There's also, all right, so now, you know, to the Negroni family's credit, uh, and I'm specifically speaking of Noel Negroni's family, mm -hmm. there is this letter which was verified to be authentic and on, uh, you know, authentic letterhead where Pascal wrote to his older brother, Pascal being the general, 
And it reads this one part, quote, incidentally, probably in French or Italian, probably in French. Uh, incidentally, did you know that the vermouth-based cocktail that I invented in Saint Louis is a great hit in the officers' club? But they're still vexed by the problem that the letter was before Campari was invented. So we don't know how valid that is and whether or not the Negroni even was the Negroni they're talking about. However, Noel points out something a little bit interesting in his commentary of all of this, even though some of the things are maybe misstated. He said, hey, why has none of Camillo's family come forward with this story? Like, you hear nothing about the history of the mm -hmm. Negroni from the Camillo de Negroni side of the house. But here we mm -hmm. are, and we're like, this is like family tradition. We've been talking about this around the campfire, around the, you know, probably the hearth at this point <laughs> in the house, you know. Right. Where are these guys with the story? So, I don't know, Jules. You know, you hear this story. What do you think? It's kind of hard to tell. It's kind of hard to tell. I, I feel like the first story is the one that really makes sense to me of the Americano wanted something stronger. Give me gin. Like that for me was like, okay, that totally, I, I don't know. These stories, Uncle Brad, are hard because there's so many, and there's a lot writing on whose names behind such a famous cocktail. Uh, so much writing on it that I think uh, might have even been Noel who said this, if not somebody from the Negroni family said it. They said, if anybody wants to argue me on this, if they bring dueling back, I will challenge you to a duel. <laughs> like, wow. This guy really gets worked Those up are fighting it. words, literally. Yeah, literally fighting words. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, I for me, have family stories been sensationalized and probably grown over time? Sure. Does yeah. this story about Camillo sound kind of good? And he was in America, you know? And I don't know, like I can see that happening too, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Was there drinks probably concocted that included ver vermouth and Campari? I don't know. You add whiskey or bourbon, suddenly called it's called a Boulevardier. Sure. Right. Yeah, those are all out there, right? So it's hard to tell. But this is what I love about what we do. There's always some, some little drama involved and a lot of confusion because, again, like I like to say, People are often drinking when they're writing this stuff down. So there you go. And you know what? If there's no drama, I mean, then it's probably not good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Wow. I think we should transition to a very important tip section. Uncle Brad, this is a really fun tip segment for anyone listening who's curious about vermouth. Mm -hmm. I think whether you're making a martini or you're making a Negroni, you need two different types of vermouth, but they're very, very important to the recipe. And there's tricks to the trade of vermouth that you'll hear bartenders scream at you about. And one of the main things, whether you're using dry vermouth for a martini or a sweet vermouth for a Negroni, they will always say, and Brad, I think you have an interesting take on this, but refrigerate your vermouth. What is your thought on refrigerating vermouth? I think it's absolutely you refrigerate your vermouth. When you go to a bar and you order a drink with vermouth in it and it starts to taste, oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? It just, it tastes almost like a little bit like sherry. It, it's like, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, you can taste that it's gotten a little bit old. And if you don't know what that tastes like, here, if, you've, if you have vermouth sitting in your bar anywhere right now, I challenge you this. 
especially if it's over a month old, and especially if you haven't been keeping it in the fridge, go buy that same bottle and open up the brand new bottle, Ooh. take a sip and try the bottle you've been hanging on to forever and take a sip. There's a difference there, right? Is yeah, it a difference right. you can yeah. tolerate? Yeah. Sure. Is it the, the difference between an okay cocktail, a good cocktail and a great cocktail? 100%. It yes. absolutely is. Yep. yep. Well, and I think people too, they might be curious, okay, vermouth, I've heard it. What is it? Well, vermouth essentially is a fortified wine with distilled spirit added. Is that is that the yeah, correct way of saying what vermouth is? Yeah, it's what yeah. fortified means. Fortified. It's, it's, got, um, it's got spirits in there. And it, just like when you fortify your simple syrups to hang on to them a little bit longer, the alcohol warts mm-hmm. off the evil spirits of bacteria <laughs> and mold. And so the fact that it's the fortified means the fortified wine, it'll last longer than when you open a bottle of red wine and it only lasts, you know, five days yeah, max. Yeah, well, five days. I mean, yeah, right? That's also yeah. interesting. Like if you open up a bottle of red wine and leave it open on your counter for a day, it totally changes or a couple of days. So sometimes oh, you might have a crappy red wine. You're like, ooh, I don't know about this one. And then you let it change over a day or two. You're like, oh, okay, it's drinkable. Here's the thing with the vermouth. Yeah. You open the vermouth, think about it like wine. You've got about a month with that vermouth refrigerated. After mm-hmm. that month, some would argue three. I would argue six. It's totally passable. Uh, so it's not something like, oh my God, this is terrible. But when you buy vermouth, go for the smaller bottles unless you know you're going to go through yeah. a lot of vermouth. So sometimes you will see splits. And just because you see a lesser quality in a split doesn't mean you should buy that. All right. So <laughs> never, never that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we want quality over quantity. Find, find the vermouth that you you like and enjoy. Um, and, you know, I think we said before, like, go do a vermouth tasting. There might be some place around you that will let you taste vermouths. It's really kind of like mm-hmm. I can drink vermouth in a glass with a little lemon twist and, uh, you know, and a little ice after mowing the grass. So, yeah. Well, and Uncle Brad, I think you've said it too. Not all vermouths are made the same. So mm-hmm. when you're out and you order, you know, a Negroni or you order a martini, it's, it's if you start to really understand your vermouths, it's not out of line to ask your bartender what vermouth he is using or she is using, and then maybe ask, well, do you have this type that I yeah. really enjoy for this cocktail? I don't think that's out of line. No, it's not. Depends upon the bar, depends upon the bartender, but I would ask. And here's the thing. So I was talking about how I like Koki. I happen to like Koki. It's a little bit easier. It still has a bitterness to it. Punta mm-hmm. Mess is much more bitter than Koki. And uh-huh. Antica Carpano is another one that's a sweet vermouth that's a bit lighter. And so even if you use that Antica Carpano, you might find that in the Negroni, you'll want to adjust the Campari or the right. gin because you can play around with it's like turning the dials. But you know, again, first start with what we told you to do and then play with the dials at yep. the time. And I'll leave you with this too. For those of you who are very new to the cocktail space, who feel a little overwhelmed, and I have thought this when I first started, mm-hmm. what is the difference? Remember this. Sweet vermouth and dry vermouth are different. The dry vermouth is going to be that clear vermouth that you see. And the sweet vermouth is going to be the darker. Yep. 
Just remember that. Yeah. You know, when a recipe calls for the dark vermouth, don't go for the clear because no. that's that's not, you know, so just just make sure you know. Yeah, most often the, the dry vermouth is going to be in a clear, most often it's going to be in a green bottle or a clear bottle. So dead giveaway mm-hmm. right there. There are drinks that call for that, like the martini, like the gin martini we talked about. Yes. But yeah. definitely sweet vermouth with uh, with this guy, the Negroni. And again, I would say go with the Koki, but you might like it more bitter. When, yeah. When, uh, or hey, if you're making mess. a white Negroni, use the Lilla Blanc. Yeah. All right. Or swap out even uh, uh, Carpano makes a, an Americano. Koki uh, hey. makes an Americano. So go ahead and do, do the lighter versions of that. This is your journey. Let us be the guide for your journey, but you ultimately make the decisions. You do. We're just here to tell you, however you had it in the past, just because that was made like crap, try it again. (laughs) Give it a chance. Always give it a chance. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry, we will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjewels.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at Join Jewels or Cigars and Vino, that's me, also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jewels Cocktail Club, and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jewels and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.